Time for us to get into our interview, our profile interview, hanging out with a person I think makes some of the best food in 702 London. Everyone should eat it. Absolutely everyone. When I ate it a couple of weeks ago, it changed my life. And so we're joined in studio by broadcaster, TV producer, filmmaker, uh, chef patron at the Yeovil Dinner Club, uh, Sandy Le Shabalala, or as many of us know him, uh, Sansa. Sansa, good morning. Hello, dear. How are you? Very well. Why are you being so demure? <laughs> <laughs> I just got up a few hours ago. Why are you being so, uh, you know, demure? Because this is not you. You're such a big personality. Yeah. Well, I just, I used to be paid for this. So <laughs> I'm a bit grumpy. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Because, you know, I'm not getting paid to be on the radio this morning. And <laughs> I should be at the market. She's Fair. in some good fish. I have a beautiful lunch lined up. Oh, is that what you do with your Sundays? We did a Sunday lunch, remember? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did. So and it changed my life. Come on. It re- No, genuinely, I'm not even... I, I don't have to lie to you. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say the food was so good. It was great. The food is just a conduit to the stories and, you know, the social cohesion mission that I'm trying to... You know, trying to share the Yeovil story most above anything else. And, yeah. You know, I, lo- I love Yeovil. I'm setting up another studio else outside of Yeovil. Oh, really? But to continue the Yeovil story. Mm. Because the power cards or just the... We need Africa Tikkun to come to Yeovil. And yeah. probably we need those acts of kindness. Yeah. Five days, no power. Sometimes, you know, I got all these um, the muscle to light up the space, but sometimes I'm the only one lit. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that because I'm... I'm about Yeovil. I'm a Yeovilite. Yes. Know, that's where I found my luck. I've been in Yeovil community for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Since 1995. Like, Yeovil is a dream deferred. You know, a South African dream deferred because it was not mentioned by Mandela, you know, to become what it is now. But it forged itself through Arts Alive, through the kind of people that ended up in Yeovil, by Hugh Masekela coming back from exile and setting up a club there. Yeah. It was one of the first post-democratic uh, black suburbs South Africa. Yeah. You know, and, and then it is has organically grown and it has inspired a lot of us. And I, I want to take that responsibility to continue being that uncle, the kind of uncle I found, the Peter Magurubes, the Arabi Muchekes, and, you know, Poliswa Sitole, one of the early female filmmakers, yeah. black filmmakers. I went to, to Haifa in, 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 in Zim a long time ago, a cultural festival, and I, I had read about Titi Tangaremba as a writer, and then I got there, they're like, women are getting big cameras and making films. Zimbabwe was way ahead at the time, and I, I came to Joburg, I'm like, wow, where? And then I met Kubu Meth, this police, uh, women of the sun, they're making films, uh, script to screen, those kind of, those inspirations. Yeah. You know, so food, I'm lucky to have found food, which is there, and the recipes are there in Yovul. It's just like, go and ask, what is this? They'll tell you, it's okra. Papa, you like this? It's dongo dongo. Do you know how to cook it? And then you just throw an extra dollar for the story like that's what I do yes and then they just open up about where they're from what it means how healthy it is I've always also believed in it you know they say Nigerian food you just see them how tall and confident they walk when you're young first time seeing other African brothers you know and I thought they're not sick they look well I want to eat like they do so you can be tall and big like them too you can hear me now So Yeovil is this like it's it's like this great love of yours, and you know even in the way you do the dinner club. I remember when we were there, you were saying you know you're not going to move it, you're not yeah, going to you know because of course 
And I, I think it makes me so sad because I grew up just a little bit up the road from Yeovil. I lived in Hillbrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, I mean, some of the best years of my life. Um, they, you know, Pointy was the only pool, uh, building with a pool. And Absolutely. so we had a friend that lived there. We swimmed at Pointy. And so, you know, the CBD, Joburg in general, has been a little bit abandoned. Um, there was this flight. Santon becomes the CBD. Uh, and for you, it's like a principled thing to stay it, it's, a, it's like a political it's like a philosophy for you being in Yeovil and it's crucial for you I certainly I'm happy that you're attached by that unholy trinity we call it Kilbro Berimi in Hovel. <laughs> you know where most of us have our landmarks you know one yeah. of the early spaces when you've left the Carlton Centre you've come out from a park station and then you're entering the city and there was this park Jubert Park Oh, where the, the John Beck Art Gallery was, you know, and then yeah. you'd look at Hillbrow then, and we knew Bob Mabena was the only guy who was walking around with his timberlands in Hillbrow. And we just want to cross that street, Volmaran, to get into Hillbrow, but you think, I might be too late catching my train back to Soweto or back home. Mm. So, because you're scared of that Hill, Hillbrow was a bit, only Brenda Fass and Bob Mabena, only the other natives, the clever blacks, you know. Only the cool I'm people. I'm too young, yeah. <laughs> so when I bought my uh, dog Martins and I thought we were friends, hip-hop crew, we'd gone from League Club or some clubs, what was it called, Club Image, we, said, we can go to Hillbrow. I mean, by six o'clock, we should come back and not miss the train back home. And I think I spent the night in Hillbrow and I was in your caught. Doc Martins. In my Doc Martins, <laughs> you know, following all the great stars and, you know, and went to Ponte to play games and Shadow Twala lived there. Some people I knew, family, you know, and Peria, Prahuma Sekela had a house in Peria. We used to just go there and go to number 47, Honey Street, just to look at the building outside. Just to look at his house. And then see people walk inside, see Busim Songo being driven inside, other people are going to Prahu's house. Yeah. As soon as they opened the club in, in Yeovil, we were there. The JNB Junction, you know, the first time I ate falafels was in Yeovil. I thought these are meatballs, but I kept chewing. Like, Where's the meat? Like, hey, the meat is scarce in the city, you know, yeah. learning about vegetarianism now because you thought falafels were meatballs. Yes. And they're actually disappointing me not, you know, and, and you don't want to tell friends. It was not fashionable to be vegetarian then. We thought that they were having a falafel wrap with, I, I didn't know what tahini was. I thought maybe it's like mayonnaise, but maybe iboli, like, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm out of the township, you know, so I'm really grateful for 1990, 11th of Feb, because it opened up my world. I would have been a teacher in Soweto. I was brought up by my grandmother. I thought I would just build my bedroom next to my grandmother's room because we, she was just so dear to me. I thought I would live there all my life mm. and teach at the same school, Egupumelele or something, and teach Africans, like one of my dear teachers, and maybe marry the girl like, across the street, the one who knows how to carry water in a bucket without splashing herself, you know, yeah. someone ask my grand to talk to her grandmother to make a deal yeah. and be insulated. I had pen, pen pals, two pen friends, one from Kenya, one from Zambia, and we used to exchange postcards and that was my life, you know, just one guy who lives in Kenya. I never thought would ever I'll get to that country, I never got to meet them. So 1990 for me, it really opened up my life. I just wanted to finish school and come into the city and be something else. And I've, I've, only, and I've been, I've like hidden to the, what, headed to the call. And, yeah. And, and live this life. So, I, and I don't want to just jump around. My grandmother also was migrant, came to Soweto to build community. So, when I found the community in Yuvula, I became so attached. Yeah. And a lot of luck and a lot of amazing people were there. And, of course, people move on. I stayed. I didn't want to go to Smellville, uh, <laughs> Post Bank. <laughs> no, maybe to visit, not to live there. Yeah. I had found home. We, we had flats in Yuvula. We, we took the first keys from the old white left 
a you know a very credible neighborhood also it had always been part of our struggle the oval yeah a lot of stories touched there and i got to live in amazing homes and you know and spaces and rocky street was the, our oyster you know yeah and i just want to stay there for that memory and i've been lucky to find food and the arts and wifem started there we worked Izo Izo, my center. That's where we did Izo Izo. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. The building used to belong to the Slovo family, twenty-four Rocky Street. So you hear all these stories. There was a jazz club. The first jazz club I think I went to was called Rumors, just beneath my studio now. Yeah. In Yeovil, and then you know the whole story that now is too African post night post two thousand. I enjoy that now. Zambians and the. There's no South African nest there. We are all the others, and I'll, I've always wanted to be the other. Yeah. I've, I've always been different. I'm an Aquarian, you know. <laughs> and you, you recently celebrated your birthday. Exactly. <laughs> so you say when you, uh, you know, Yovo kind of opens up the world for you. You were kind of thinking maybe I'll be a teacher. I'll I'll build a kind of a house, a room on my grand's property. Yeah. I'll marry a nice girl from up the road. Mm. Like it, I'll have a pretty normal life. Yeah. Um, and then you experience. Yovel, you experience Joburg. That, that's my interpretation of a dream deferred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I experience Yovel, and I don't carry what anymore. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't teach nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what happens to that dream? I, I don't want to teach anymore. I, I don't know that I want to marry this nice girl that carries water. What What does that dream become? What does that look like for you? Uh, something much better, as you know, as a new South Africa. So probably a new dream now. You know, or I slept better, mm. and I dreamt better, and I'm still attacking my dream now because I got there and I like like my grand, or like you know to inspire the next Sansa. There's all this theme of talking to your younger self. Yeah, you know, and I I remember being 18 and living in Yeovil and meeting Peter Magurube. Said let's do coffee. I didn't know what doing coffee was. I think I went home to put on a little overall. You know, when uncle said, let's do something. Yeah. Uncle said, let's take a ride. You think you must polish his car a little bit. Or someone invited you to their home. You think you must do something. I'm a young, impressionable kid. Yeah. So he took me to the Brazilian coffee shop. So what's this jacket? T- take it off. And he ordered some bottomless coffee. I thought, you know, it must be a cup with a, with a hole beneath. I didn't know. It's going to spill into the saucer. I didn't know. And then I had like three espressos. Or, you know, and I was high on coffee. And I was like, you know, you grew up in Frisco, Rick Coffee. Did you not have the jitters? Yeah, but I mean, I'm high. That's the life, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I now got to know the coffee, and I think I got to eat falafels. I remember going to a patisserie. I saved the whole week to buy a croissant. The croissant is still the same price as a loaf of bread today. And I saved the whole week uh, to get a croissant. And I went to buy one at Shula's Bakery in Yeovil. And, and I had a bite of it because it looks like a little pyramid, but it was hollow inside. Croissants, are, I didn't know. I thought I'd been robbed. I've saved... <laughs> My three rands, I bought this croissant and it's not complete bread. I took it back. I think they were about to close. They just gave me six of them. And they said, that's how croissants are. But take this because we are closing. I think I got home. I opened a little hole. I made a little tofu, something mixed to stuff the croissant, make a quarter out of the croissant yeah. to make them a little heavy and fill something up. I was friends at school or something with people like Kenzero, Bontlantla, just a few of us, my late friend, Tumisane Jamini. So they come to my house, I think at school they said, Sansa make these croissants and this. I've got all these feelings inside them. Yeah. So the food bug again, you know, I've always been able to host. My grandmother had a little speakeasy in Soweto and all the great uncles. Oh, really? Yeah, all the great uncles and teachers of the neighborhood used to hang out with my grand and speak Afrikaans and about education. So I was like well brought up 
like in the, or whatever I was you know I could see good things growing up in the township and I, I knew I wanted to be that but coming to Yeovil it got even bigger because the menu the style Justice Malala with his wife you know like dating across a color line and uh, natives saying pronouncing due diligence you know I got this due diligence I'm like oh I went home due diligence due diligence oh, <laughs> I want to speak like that a school was called schedule and everybody called schedule everything was like shimmering and shining in the city <laughs> I thought I'm not leaving this space. Yeah, you know, this is I, wonderful. Yeah, and so I tried. I took photography. That I took film and television, and then we were lucky to, to be, to be part of this formation of YFM. Yeah, and I wanted to read scripts. You know, I, I was more into, into poetry and reading film scripts because I know I heard in film school that, you to develop a good film, you must share the script so that people can understand the idea. Part years or years came around the story. Realizing that our stories are important, especially right. when they become visual, I still boast boast to Americans now to say like, "Easy, easy" is even better than the wire, or maybe it inspired the wire. You never know. They're mm. always watching, like South African jazz. You know, yeah. it's these things that give you this self affirmation that we have been there before. We're just good. You know what I'm trying to say? And Yeovil became the space to be inspired, and I think it became also a space to be able to do those kind of things. And I, I was scared to go elsewhere and to fail. So in Yeovil, I thought I thought I could. I could win because I know the neighborhood like mm. like Ikas, Ikas Lako, you know. Yeah. So I was de- defending it, and I thought it's a space to do a lot of things, and it still is. Unfortunately, a lot of people have run away, and they they think otherwise of Yeovil. And I'm using now the Yeovil Dinner Club to say we are here. It can be done, or wherever you are, just love your community and just find its beauty and invite friends, even if you're a poorer cousin from the poorer part of the neighborhood. Let them come, but show them that you're a great host and you got good neighbors. And, yeah. And and show you also your neighbor that I got great friends who used to who know about this place or yeah. who's scared and I'm becoming the guy who can attract you know when they see lost people white folk or nice people they must be coming to Sansa four blocks away they must be coming to Sansa because I'm the only guy with little staircase people are coming upstairs there and there's nice little candles and light and you're wondering what's going on in there you know yeah I'm lucky I'm totally yeah. lucky so you say that you know so you phot- you do photography you do tv you do film you do radio for many of us we meet you with radio yeah yeah how does the radio happen Oh, for me, it's all rest in peace. Tandanani Lamini, Derek Hartford. I think even before Randall Abrams came, we were there. You know, Greg, you know, we all wanted to be on radio. I had been involved with Voice of Soweto before, with Good yeah. Boy. So when YFM came, it was natural. You know, I think I was in my flat. I had little, already this moped, I had little Vespa. Already known around Yeovil, you know, with my sexy croissants. <laughs> or I know how to make a tofu stir fry or something. <laughs> Just be hosting. Yeah. And then before we went on air, just before fifth of October, nineteen ninety seven, I think I was one of the first voices with semi T in the morning. Yeah. And I fluffed a little bit on the script. You know, I started doing the news because I like the arts and culture, the sports. And then I end up Sandy Lebali also late, who was the sports anchor, sports anchor and an editor. And then I just jumped in after him. You know, got the opportunity to check the World Cup in nineteen ninety eight. The first one got to know Benny McCarthy. I know the TKZ guys. Yeovil was where the after parties used to happen. Yeah. So then I would also be the host with the most coming back to Yeovil after the parties. You know, and wife and I was just down the road in in Bears Valley. So I was just well positioned, quite lucky to be there on time. You know, and then I never looked back. Bad Boy T was the first guy to draw me from from the newsroom to say come into the show. You got a lot of knowledge. But they live with me. They know that I know the city and that I'm a socialite. Also, you know. Yeah. When Hugh Masekela visits the studios, people love hugging him and hang out with him, but nobody knows how to construct a question or to ask by Hugh. Then they'll call me off the other show, come and talk to him. And Pahu knew me, loved me, you know, 
and, I, and I would share stories. Like, you know, I met Yusundo. Yeah. I did a music video with Yusundo long before YFM, you know. And uh, so we kind of connected. We talking about Yeovil and the culture and exile and exiles. And Yeovil is, is all, it still is a kind of space. Yeah. When you're looking for the kind of Pan-African stories, you know, who we are, drum magazine, stuff, right? Things that we need to remind ourselves of. Where there, the great bookshops were there. The cafes. I don't know why we didn't buy into Yeovil. I see now most of the smart people that I loved are walking around their country, around their land, not in their land, around, you know, going to Smellville. We're always renting still. Mm. I think we could have owned Yeovil and bought buildings, not flats now, like buildings. Yeah. And done and shown how a high street, a pan-African high street should look like. Because there's none in this city. Yeah. You go to Parkheads and it hurts. It's okay. It's nice and organized for the four Stanley. Fatson Main, Bamfontein, all this gentrification is okay, project, but Yeovil cannot be gentrified. Yeovil needs to be fixed from within because mm. it's, it's got that story. And if you don't go within, you're always without. It's, it's one of the. I'll, 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 I'm still not yet a businessman, but you know, I'm happy for this platform to be able to inspire people who will come, people with a business mind. Yeah, to, to see help, the opportunity. To help build with us, build studios and do another Yeezo, Yeezo, still none. Mm. You know, and, and create another YFM. You know, for another generation. Yeah. You know, it, this one that we have, it is what it is. And people say, it's not the same. I said, we are not the same too. Yeah. But the memory is that weapon, you know, that we can help inspire other young people. And I don't know where other cultural hubs or creative hubs are oh, as big no. as YFM. They become, yeah, they become little small offices. And still, young young guys are not getting the good contracts or our celebrity stories still. You know, I grew up when footballers were great and then not getting their money's worth. Yeah. I mean, now there's sundowns where people can get, get top dollar and I, I wonder how young stars are able to support their craft and their arts and uh, and buy houses. Yeah. You know, Simpiwe Dana Tandi. So they should have homes in all these uh, coastal areas. You know, one album should buy you a house in Palito and the other album, another one in Cape Town. And, you know, it, it's supposed to be like that. They are worth it. Yeah. You know, and now I don't know what's going on. So they, I don't believe in industry. I just believe in this small spaces of inspiration and, 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 and independence but knowing where you're going you know I'm, I'm never without I yeah. know what I'm doing I know where I'm going and I think it's also Yeovil I'm not scared of acquiring these things because in Yeovil I've been there long enough mm. to, they don't scare me you yeah, know? Yeah. And we don't need to go to the banks I'm I'm the guy. You can, you, you, you're you can the guy. help you, you understand another yeah. young guy they do this you know I have got a new sous chef now he went to the International Hotel School. He worked at the Saxon Hotel. And he's, 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 a, he's a cipher. He's into the hemphatic tabs. He wants to rap. He was born in Yeovil. I've been hearing his story. He's born in post-94 in Yeovil. So let's say, let's do an album. Let's do a podcast in my kitchen while we are cooking. And then maybe your the soundtrack is going to come from there. But do it independently. Do it like this and that. Because, you know, he's jumping from studio to studio, paying money. And he doesn't know how to distribute. Yeah. Sharing that information. I'm not that formal. But in my space now, you know, where I can do everything in our building. I'm able to meet these young stars and, 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 and build another sons. Because I really was, I came from a lot of hands and a lot of shoulders. That I've, been, I've been very lucky, I'll never lie. Yeah. yeah. We've received a WhatsApp voice note for you. That's come through on 0727021702. Uh, morning, Gooks. This is Christopher Raskiza from uh, Yovo. Oh, I'm so happy to hear the man on the radio. Sansa is a good leader here in our community in Yovo. He's a great man. I know him since 19, oh, 1998 until even today. I still see him in the streets of Yeovil, and I think he still lives there as well. 
Thank you very much for that message. And I was reading an interview you did where you were asked what the worst thing about Joburg was and your answer was empty streets. Yeah. Explain that. As in like empty suburban streets. Because suburban streets are... Absolutely. Very uh, empty uh, uh, by design. People, you, you book an Uber to fetch you after a dinner in Yeovil and when it's six minutes away, I know they won't make it to my destination because they're probably coming from somewhere in Kilani. And as soon as they enter Rocky Street, it's a different world because mm. everybody's walking on the streets. Mm. And it's a different world just from two minutes across. You know, so the empty streets, the architecture of fear. We used to walk from clubs, from club to club to 206. We used to walk the whole city from Newtown to Orange Grove, jumping to clubs. Mm. My mom and, used know, to party at Razmataz. I went to Raz, <laughs> from, from Raz to, to Kippies downtown, around Newtown to Melville, to the, where the baseline was. And there'd be a hip hop jam session, and we'd walk through Bumfontein and go to 206 and end up in Norwood at Club 88. And then, and then and have walking groups, uh, you know, if there's ladies among us, and we used to work with this group, take, taking each other back home, halfway home. You know, I would leave my scooter somewhere halfway. No, nothing Just was your stolen. Vespa. The, my, my little Vespa at the time, you know. and the, yeah, so the streets of Yeovil still, and I like I like that. What's up? What that voice note mm-hmm. of being the, the the prince of Yeovil streets, you know? And it's it's like you earn these things. Yeah, you don't just. Uh, and I do think it is a bit sad that a the streets are empty because I think we lose so much. A like if you ask me who my neighbors are, I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah. Um, streets aren't public spaces anymore. Yeah. They're kind of like spaces for cars. Um, so you're not playing in the streets, you're not walking in the streets, you're not, you're not living in the streets, which I think is such a great pity because I had a brief moment growing up where you could play in the streets. You walked everywhere. I went to school on Claim Street mm. uh, in the mm. middle of yeah, town. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'd walk all the way back up towards, there used to be a Fontana um, that was kind of home. So you could walk everywhere. And to this day, I often need stuff in town. And so town feels familiar. But if you don't, like you say, there is this architecture of fear, like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And in, and in some instances, it is a little bit scary. Um, but there's also this, it's because, well, the streets are empty. There's, there East, aren't people Istanbul, in the Istanbul is so overcrowded, it's scary. You Milan know, is yeah, pretty crowded. Absolutely. Milan yeah. is so crowded. And no one will ever whistle and say, there is your freedom. Apparently, Kilbro is much safer now. Whether the, 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 the new residents, you know, Nigerian, Zimbabwean, Congolese migrants have cleaned their s- streets and they've fixed their shops. But no one's going to whistle and say, let's go back and walk there. So these freedoms are fought for. And that's why I encourage this street culture that you just take a walk, you know, another block, call another Uber or whatever, or hold someone's hand or ask something if you're scared. But no one is going to curate this kind of future that we want, mm. except slowly, you know, you know, you know, towards, you know, that posterity that we need to inculcate. Yeah. Youngsters can just do it for themselves. I think we were rude also, just walking the streets and, you know, outside the pavement, onto the roads and all. No, not jaywalking per se, you know, but we were just trying to show our presence. And this is the post-1994 spirit that seems to have dissipated. Mm. That, and we need to, you know, I hope the elections coming up are just going to create that kind of new vibe yeah. that we are taking over our cities, our neighborhoods in, in a good way, you know, because we didn't mean bad too, you know, and I don't want us to be nostalgic about that. I don't know how to, to create it again except just encourage it. Yeah. You understand, you know. A message from Paul that says, Sansa's painting a tapestry that most of us were filtered through Yeovil, Berea, Hillbrow, the downtown uh, Newtown, um, saying, you know, and they currently live in Alexandra and Rustenburg, um, saying, you know, there's so many memories for them. 
And Dokozo also saying, what a beautiful storyteller. Um, that's Dokozo in Beverly Gardens. Wow. Uh, Karen saying, my grand lived in Yeovil for many years and I'm sure many community stalwarts will still remember her. So many people, like you say, and, you know, you, you, Yeovil is such a big part of your story. Many of us have some kind of story. Absolutely. E- e- either directly, like I grew up in that area, or through someone else. Yeah. Either you worked there or someone you liked lived there or a friend lived there there is this connection and then we kind of just left even those who are negative there was another article written in the in mail and guardian a couple of weeks ago people sent me all these and it was like oh you're know, the mayor of yovel the, the old white nostalgia of yovel is no longer the same and you know it's a multicultural multiracial space and it's no longer mm. the same you know this whole fear for far, i guess you know because it's like i call it the pan african suburb of Johannesburg, you know, where Africans are doing their best things, being in the streets and cooking and dancing and, you know, a little bit of pickpocketing here and there. But, you know, those, <laughs> just a touch. Just be careful. <laughs> Take care of your phone. Just nothing else. Touch. Nothing violent. Nothing okay. violent. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But you get pickpocketed in... In Italy, it's like the one thing they warn you about. It's so sad when you admit. Will, yeah. Someone will relieve you of your phone and your purse yeah. if you're not yeah, fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Yovel, I mean, look, the story of Johnny Clegg, the story I've read, this uh, chasing tadpole, um, Ronnie Casrals, you know, p- p- people who grew up in Yovel and they, they, eight years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago. So why can I not tell my stories of my past 20 plus years in Yovel too? So it continues. It's the Yovel spirit. I think it's there. It was very progressive kind of space. And, you know, really, if you're really curating a community, come and learn how it's done in Yeovil. Because these projects seem to be failing. I won't lie. Maboning is no longer the same. Mm-mm. You understand? You know, it's... Bram's uh, also not the uh, same. Uh, Bram is not the same. Bram. Bram Fontaine. Bram Fontaine. We're joined in studio by broadcaster, TV and filmmaker, and restaurateur, Sanza. He joins us as our profile guest today. And if you'd like to speak to him, we take your calls on 011-883-0702. Your SMS is on 31702 and your WhatsApp messages on 072-702-1702. Someone called you uh, the Leroy du Yeovil, the king of Yeovil. Wow. Wow. <laughs> See, that's, is that Lingala or French? Or combination? I don't know. Leroy du Yeovil. I dropped French in grade nine because I wasn't getting it right the first time, which is such a a terrible habit of mine. If I think I'm not going to get a thing right the first time, I abandon it. So that's how I ended up not doing French in high school. I do try the Congolese French, which is like Zodidal of France. Really? Yeah. So Thompson and Baba... eh, you know, the Mexi is mixed also with a little bit of Lingala, you know. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's not the France-French. It's not, fr- it's not French. It's like a Yeovil French. Yeah. You, know, you learn all these languages. Shona is also one of our official languages. Yeah. You know, Ziribo, you know, Zirise. And uh, uh, Ibo, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, go fetch your life now. Look at yourself. Fetch your life. <laughs> you know, we can make music. You know, it's, it's such a space of inspiration, you know, and, and languages, you know. But I'm, I'm just so happy to be on the radio, actually. You know? Really? And, yeah, I came here to talk about my food, and now it's nice that I'm talking about my whole life, because my life has been around food. Yes. I'm reading this book. It's called The Kitchen, the Kitchen Table Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And now it's inspiring me, because I've always been about stories, you know, and the food, and how to put that 
together, you know. People, not everybody who's a foodie comes there. Other people are coming for the stories or others are coming for the food. Yeah. But there's certainly a 10-minute introduction to the food and you're not allowed to touch the food as I introduce the food. You yes. Know? And the food is that mystic. It needs to be explained. Everybody else, they ask me, come and explain what is this. But now it's just, it's look, it looks differently. There's another book that inspires me. It's called Vibration Cooking. That even if you don't have salt, if you read a recipe and you, you're lacking salt, maybe just pick up a stone and rub it and then add and put it in the pot and add vibes. Mm. It will taste good. You don't have to have everything, the ingredients to make a recipe. You know, you just keep be inspired by the recipe and start with the little that you have. And we all do have an onion and a pot. Yeah. We know how to make fire and you know what you like to cook mm. and you can start making your carrot there or anything. Yeah. And going forward. I got into vegetarianism because I was a rasta or I didn't have money. You know, the student stipend was little and we, we had gone eating beggars and other langoustines and blind. Then Tuesday to Thursday, you don't have money, you want to buy sneakers, you want to go to a club. So you start thinking, what can I eat? Have other priorities. Yeah, now you want to buy brown bread, a little avo, but you want to make it nice because you don't want to look poor. You know, we really fought, you know, for this new picture of the new South African youth by hustling in the streets and then becoming better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I do want to talk about the food, but I see we have Sunny Boy and Kaya Lami on the line. Uh, Sunny Boy, very good morning to you. I'm morning, my sister. How are you? We're very well, thank you, Sunny Boy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yes, you want, you've been to the Yeovil Dinner Club. Ah, that, that's my friend, my king. My brother. How are you? Boy funny. How are you, king? Okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. I know, thanks a lot, my, my brother, for a nice place where you have to meet the whole world, the Japanese, American, and nice food, nice stories. You have to interact with a lot of people. And then now, when you, I like what you've touched on as part of being active member of the community where mm. you've talked about people not having electricity there. Because when I get hold of them on the other side, they always tell me, it's in two days, three days, we don't have electricity. Mm. And then thanks for, for playing a big part in that community. We'll always love you. Thing. Thank you, my brother. My love, my Aww. brother. Come on. Thank you so much, Sunny Boy. Funny. Yeah. Thank you for that call. That's such a lovely <laughs> okay, message. Thanks, 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 thanks uh, Sunny Boy. Guys, I'm, it's I'm election season and I'm worried now. I'm what? Not, I'm not going for the top office at all. You're not running. I'm, no, no. <laughs> Greg on WhatsApp says, good morning, Google. Uh, Sunny is a lexicon and an institutional memory we are blessed to know. He is the de Leroy de Yeovil, a real king of Yeovil. That's where it came from. Touching on some of the memories you cannot teach these days. I'm reminiscing, mm. laughing and listening as his endearing tapestry unrolls. Uh, this podcast will be among the most cherished. Thank you for reviving this in Asanza. You're an original. By the way, Peter Makorobe was a scream at the Permanent Building Society. Yes, the bank for a while. Um, so that's a message from Greg. Wow, amazing, Peter. I wanted to be part of the campaign to rename Rocky Street uh, after uh, Arabi Mucheke, who was another cultural empresario, mm. and a jazz club in the name of Peter Makurube, you know. Uh, Peter, I met Moses Muleleko, Peter, out of his own pocket. Peter, I do call him the, the first middle class of Soweto, you know. And we met him in the city, and he told us about his... He lived in... He grew up in Pimville, and his, his mom was... This uh, healer, uh, Sangoma, I remember Badu used to, Badu is our friend. She comes here and I used to, she wanted to see like uh, someone mystic. I said, let's go to Peter Makurube's mom. And, you know, she's all this Sangoma lady with a big mansion in Soviet. And she would go in there and 
three hours later, she'd come out and want to explain. I said, no, no, it's between you and the gogo, whatever you shared, you know. Yeah. And but Peter then took us in and started things that were not so profitable, you know, except that that cultural value, you know, Monday blues going to these old white clubs and said, I want to put up a jazz stand on Mondays and a lot of people would come. Abdullah would be visiting, would come and play the piano for two minutes and then the jam session is open and then Moses would follow, you know, Hebiswayedi, MXO, to me, the volume would be rapping, and Parwili Khositila would get up and be inspired and hear a poem. And, I'm, and I was there just gobbling all these things. And that's why I'm such a confusion now, because I was a part of that. I'm still like a jam session yeah. where everybody can just come up and just show their beauty. Mm. And food now became a great space for me because, you know, on radio, you don't ask for a job, you know. They, I'm waiting for them to call me back, you know. And I've had a few meetings, and now I can't do any other time except maybe in the morning because I can, I, I have this business now, like a lunch to prepare and dinner. But I have stories in the morning to share. That's why I'm here, you know, to share how my day is around food. And I've got a beautiful platform and stage. Yeah. And I, reach, I think I reach bigger audiences now on my table because they call like physical. And I like also that motion picture story, that multi, multi, multimedia. Yeah. You know, and it's become that. And you can even smell my food and you can hear my stories and you can see me and, you know, and the movement. And even when you're outside, you can just see these shadows of inside and you just think it's poetry. And I'm very lucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I keep repeating that. So the Yeovil Dinner Club is this, I think this interesting celebration on one hand it feels like you it's like your travel diary you give us like bits of the world your interpretation of bits of the world that you've seen on a plate um but also quite literally being able to come to dinner at your house um and so tell us about how you know how the food comes together what are the like that beautiful mozambican tilapia which i will think about forever um you know where do the meals which pit, bits of the world do you, you know, represent with the, with the spread? And does it change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It changes all the time and, and even gets better. I mean, I've got a big spice rack and I'm using less and less of, of the spices because of the, um, uh, the ingredients that are there. But inspired by Yuval Steel, we, I didn't know what injera was. I went to a first Ethiopian restaurant. I like the sauces, but I thought the injera must have been like a, a towel, like, a, a, you know, a mfatug yeah. or a, 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 a vaslap. So I think, what's, what's going on there? So I would take the sauces and put on my bread and then dab my fingers on the injera, thinking it's not edible. And then when I tasted it, then it tastes like ding again, you know, like, you know, or something when I was young, you know. And then I just thought, okay, it's similar. And I have read a story around, you know, how injera inspired the pizza and then this history between the Ethiopians and the Italians. And I thought I could take this feather. We used to take a scissors going to eat Nigerian food because you are so slimy, you didn't know how to separate, you know, the slime. And you thought maybe it needs to be cut. So you go with the scissors. We didn't know all these things when we were kids, but we loved going to those spaces. Mm. It was even cheaper. And we were most welcome as young kids who were keen and curious to taste these things. And then the Yeovil market, I was there when it, opened up, it set up, you know. So I remember the early stalls. One of my uncles, uh, Joe, from the Congo, was cooking in the streets. There was just two um, wheel rims, what, tire, uh, making a fire on one side and making a grilled fish and pap. And then uh, bondu, like cassava leaves. Yeah. You know, Mozambican sauce called matapa. Just the stories and the taste is all there in Yeovil. And my idea was around 2010 World Cup, I just wanted to put the whole Yeovil palette and the confusion 
you know, to the Tories or the people who I wanted to revive Yuval already. A lot of people had left Yuval by 2010. I just wanted to use food. So I was calling them Pan-African curries. I was cooking in a gallery in Troyville. And then when I came to studying my studio in Yuval around 2010, I just wanted to put all these dishes together, you know, without t- like tiptoeing around the continent. Yeah. So, I, so I still don't want to say this is Zambian Nigerian dish because I've cooked them so much that they've become, I'm a gastronomic smuggler. I've given them all a visa to be in Yuval, all these dishes. And I mix them up in different ways. A guy will come from Nigeria and thinking, it's an authentic uh, asaro or a goosey, but mine's got a twist. It's less spicy and more that. And mm. taking and giving is kind of like love making. You know? How did you call it? Gastronomic uh, smuggling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> smuggling dishes, smuggling flavors of the continent into one plate. Just stealing. You know? And then the people have come. I just wanted to bring people to Yeovil. I think it was a 2010 pop up. And then um, there was a nice write up called The El Bully of Yeovil because of the kind of food I'd put together, written beautifully by a woman called Eve Fairbanks. And Anthony Bourdain read it. And Bourdain was studying those CNN, parts unknown uh, shows looking for unknown chefs in unknown spaces in the, uh, around the world. Mm. And he came and kind of like he thought I was his young self then, you know, because he had been a chef and also liked the streets and also got a little naughty and got into trouble a little bit. And I think food really brought him to the center. And when he was 50, he became a celebrity chef yeah. at the time. And then he put me on CNN I still wanted my media job and being on TV and all of that. And then I think I had I've been on CNN as a foodie and then I, th- I started looking for spaces for food. And then that's when I've been also able to meet a lot of people who can could co-produce films or people who could talk about radio and how the, some of the unfulfilled potential or whatever the story continues from my radio days, you know, that I am so, still somewhere interested in culture and sharing. Yeah. Like now I'm involved in a film called London Recruits. It's, it's, it's premiering on Tuesday as part of the Joe Beck Film Festival. Oh, wow. And it's a co-production between uh, the UK and here about how uh, the, the British working class of the 60s and 70s helped revive the, the, you know, the struggle of South Africa. It started as a documentary and we got to interview a lot of luminaries, including former President Tabombeg and Khalima. And... Um, and then now there's a reenactment, and now it's a, it's a blockbuster. There's a young Chris Honey, the, a, a young Oliver Tambo, and the film is major. And I'm one of the, I was a runner just helping, and then now I've been able to kind of like be one of the co-producers or pull the, the right energies around it. And now it's a big story, and I think there'll be an after party after going to the premiere, then the whole crew will be coming to my table, so I can continue doing all these things. So the table has become that kind of space, and the food has become that confusion for me over. I don't travel to Nigeria to learn it or anywhere else you know it's all around you everything has come to me mm. you know and in Yeovil it's possible so you go and taste you know people are just scared of the streets I've gone to taste these dishes and then you get some advice you have two Congolese aunties giving you two recipes of one dish and then I like the confusion then I add my own I go to Chinatown I get a little fish sauce and I go to Trap Center and buy an expensive butter and come and melt it on these Yeovil ingredients and and, and then tell the story of Johannesburg, you know, because Johannesburg is that kind of space. Yeah. Johannesburg is the New York of Africa. If you're excellent elsewhere, you come to Johannesburg, I think you can be better. I grew up in Soweto. I wanted to be there. I would have been great. But I came to Yeovil. I came to Johannesburg and I've become even better. Ah. Oh. That's such a wonderful way to end our interview. <laughs> Sansa, thank you so much for joining us thank this you so morning. Much. It's been such a pleasure having you. I mean, I feel like we could talk for another hour. It's been such a, a pleasure having you on the show. So thank you so much for making time. The Yeovil Dinner Club, 083-447-4235. It's limited, 18-seater. You know, you can book in advance and let me know, come there and 
let's meet in person and let's share the flavors of the continent. Thank you so much for this platform. I it's a pleasure. It. And the dinner club is really worth your time. This awkward.